0: You're listening to Psalm 102 in the Message, a podcast. I'm Jeff Ponder-Twardy. I first of all want to wish all of you a blessed, happy, peaceful, healthy new year. Uh, I just want this new year to be everything you want it to be and even more. So uh, we can kick the old year aside down the gutter and uh, enjoy a new one. Uh, that's, that's much, much, much better than the one we just left. So first of all, let me get that out of the way. Second of all, let me tell you that we're going to have a conversation here in just a moment with Karen Marks. Karen is a friend of ours. She's a, she is a social worker. She is a devoted Christian. She is a singer. She is, she's, she's one of these people that just has friends all over the map. And, uh, you know, she's a friend of God. And uh, so um, I'm glad to share this conversation I had with her recently with all of you, and I hope you all enjoy it. And uh, be sure to let us know you're out there with a, with a, with a uh, subscription or a, uh, a like or what have you. We'd appreciate hearing from you wherever you happen to be. Anyway, uh, let me uh, get started with this conversation with Karen, and I'll talk to you on the other side. Karen Marks, how are you? I am good, good, good. How are you? Good, good. Where, where am I reaching you right now? I know we're uh, on Facebook, but where are you right now?
1: <laughs> I am in Hoover, Alabama. Okay. Home. I'm back in Alabama
0: and I'm home. Yes, back in Alabama. You have, you have uh, sojourned. <laughs> yes, that's the word. <laughs> Just a little bit over uh, the most recent years. Uh, most recently... Um, See, it's funny when I when I end up when I'm gonna when I'm when I'm gonna post uh, this episode. Uh, I was thinking the other day. I was thinking, I, you know, I can use that picture of the three of us in your backyard in Texarkana,
1: yeah.
0: and yes. that'll be like perfect. Yes. Now you were you're in Texas you're in Texarkana doing mm-hmm. what for how long?
1: I was in Texarkana. I liked a month being there for five years. Ah. I just. Heard the word of the Lord one day and met some folks uh, who were from there. They said, come visit. And on the trip, I just heard the word of the Lord to move there, and I knew about four people there. But uh, (laughs) I moved there, uh, pulled up everything and moved. And I'm a social worker. And so I started out working in a senior clinic, and then I went to the hospital and worked in uh, Jerry site.
0: Yeah.
1: and then worked throughout the hospital as well. Even had my own practice for a little bit. Right,
0: that's right. Um, now, our own mutual history uh, was. I remember. Here's 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 how it's going to start with me. I remember seeing you because I was I was pastoring in Albertville, and um, you had come to see uh, and come to be with. And I can't recall. What was was a commemoration or something, or you just kind of like were there with Uncle Oris, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and yes. um, your uh, you say your stepsister? Can we say that? Mm, no, she's uh,
1: actually my Pam. Yeah, she's my cousin, cousin, she's
0: my cousin, cousin, cousin. Yes,
1: cousin.
0: <clears throat> right. And I ended, just in the service, we ended up praying for her. And yes. uh and I just I was just moved of the Lord and I started and I just was like was praying for her and I took her in a hug and I started praying in tongues over, over her. <laughs> and then at the end of the service, we were in the back and I was and I was meeting you for the first time and you were you looked at me. I think you extended your hand and with the other the other hand you that you pointed that pointing finger out and said, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it when I saw you.
1: <laughs> yes, that is absolutely the truth. Sam slid back in the pew and she said, He, he prayed in tongues over me. And I said, I knew it. I knew he was spirit filled. Yep, that's exactly the way that it was, is.
0: That was so, that was such a cool thing. I just it's a God yeah. thing. I think about that and I get giddy. That's just, that was just so cool. Um so anyway, our our, our our tie in relationship initially uh was Oris Byron. Why don't you just, yes. just, just talk about him for just a moment?
1: Oh um, uh, mm, mm. Uncle Oris, uh and Aunt Margie. Yeah. Uh Aunt Margie is actually my dad's half sister. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, uh they took me in when I was born when I no, when I was about eight months old yeah my mother and dad both had addiction problems and mental illness problems and uh just had a hard time parenting and just kind of excuse me uh just well parenting and living life period my brother was already in care when I was born so I went through a foster home to begin with and then uh, through a series of events um I was brought to Aunt Margie and Uncle Loris's home. And it's still the same home you're familiar with. Sure, um, yeah. So it was. they had me off and on until I was about six years old, almost seven. And I will say uh, forever, they're the ones who kept the hand of God on me. Um, they were a safe place for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, with most families that have addiction problems and the kind of problems I described with both of my parents, There's a lot of um, unsettledness. There's a lot of, there's not a lot of good foundation. And they provided the foundation. Yeah. Yeah. They provided the uh, safety. They provided, uh, they took me to church with me. One of the neat, neat things from that, that is part of Hewitt, uh, where you were pastoring, is um, I, when I found them many years, I when I left them when I was seven, I didn't have contact again with them until I was 23, and I found them as an adult.
0: Hmm. Uh,
1: yeah. 20, uh, yeah, 21, 22. And one of the things they had for me to, to show this foundation was an old Bible that I'd had. And uh, in that Bible was a uh, promotion slip. You know, when little children get promoted to the next class. Sure. And there was this little folded, and I don't even know if I've told you this, um there was a, the folded one, and I was being promoted to the five-year-old class. And at the bottom of that, I had written, because it was in a child's handwriting, I am a love. I am a love. <laughs> not I'm loved. <laughs> right. not I love. It's I am a love. Somebody told me that. Somebody yes. told me that, and it built the foundation, because that's not what I was feeling in my bio- in my. Uh, Parents' home, yeah, the foster home. So, um, again, found them as an adult because uh, I was restricted from having contact with them. And when I got out on my own, that was the first order of business is to find Aunt Margie and Uncle Oris and tell them thank you.
0: That's wonderful. That's
1: wonderful. I did.
0: Yeah, my um, my memory of uh, of Oris. I would go, you know, and I would go and visit Oris and, and at that house. And the funny thing is, you mentioned that house is that um, when uh, April and I were out of out of um, pastoral ministry, but still living in Albertville. And I would down. My my, my most recent memory of that house is cutting the grass. There. Mm. <laughs> yes. You know, so yes. it's just so funny. But uh, so that just that that see that's going to be in the movie at some point and it's just you know gonna have mm-hmm. a music backdrop of me cutting the grass and just kind of like saying where has my life gone <laughs> <laughs> i'm cutting i'm cutting oris's grass and oris is already gone you know it's just kind of like that where's my life gone? um yes, but, I was grateful for it. well it's just it was just so it's just so funny i think about it now it's just kind of like wow that's just so the ties, just that melding of of people and relationships and where you are and where you're living and all it's just it's just so interesting. But anyway, um the uh my memory of Oris most immediately thing is so many times he would come and he would sit he would come early and I'd come into the uh the sanctuary prior to the service and I'd get all my, you know, whatever my hymnal and bulletin, yada yada in the pulpit. And I'd see him sitting down there nobody around him. And he's sitting in the second or third row on the lectern side. And I went down and I would go down and just touch base with him. And, and, uh, you know, before, before long, you know, he's in tears for whatever reason, Yes, you know, and then, um, and, you know, at one moment he, he had told me that, you know, I just want to tell you we're, what you're saying nowadays is telling me again, that there is more. Yes, You know, and it's that Randy Clark book, but still I'm reading Randy Clark book. And then he quotes that title to me and I'm going, oh my goodness. You know, and I grab him by the hand. I said, "Horace," and I'd look at him in the eyes and he's wiping away tears. I look at him and say, "Horace, yes, yes, there is more. You know, just, just a sweet, just a sweet man, you know, that had his things. There's no doubt we all do, but just, just a dear, just a dear guy now you just just touching base too just to kind of like give a standing on kind of like who you are and what you're doing right now you are you very much the fabric of who you are and who god has made you to be and how god has uh, activates uh the giftings through you is through social work yes um uh, so just 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 talk about that a little bit and i'm and and i'm I'm going to also ask you to talk a little bit about where you are right now because of that with COVID. But talk a little bit. Talk a little bit about being a social worker right now.
1: Sure, um, I am. Yeah, I, I did that to somebody yesterday at work. Um, they were commenting on something that I had done to facilitate a, a resident getting the help they needed, and I looked. I stepped back and I looked at him in the office. I said, "I'm a social worker." <laughs> That's what I do.
0: Um, and if
1: I'm not doing it, you need to get me. Um, but as a social worker, as I shared some of my uh, growing up years with you, uh, people have often asked me, is that the reason? Because I often spent also spent time in foster care, went through every type of abuse that you can experience. And people say, that must be why you're a social worker. Well, I'm not going to say it didn't shape or mold me at all. Yeah, But... I will say I don't remember my social workers. I remember a couple of events where I knew they were at my house, and I remember talking to one on the phone in one of the foster homes I was in. But I don't remember them. And one of the things that uh, has stirred me, maybe, sure. is is the thought of I want my people to remember me, not to be remembered. For me, for caring, but because there's been a difference made in their lives. Yeah. Because something is better. And that's what, I'll rattle off the, the definition of social work to anybody that looks at me wrong. But I'll the bottom line <laughs> is is we help people get to where they want to be and need to be. And sometimes it's just plain as opening their eyes to, as you did spiritually with Uncle Oris. There's more. You yeah. don't have to be this way.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, people, like you referred to before, people, people have problems. They're, they're, they have issues. They have things that bump up against them. And I tell them all the time, listen, if you've got a social worker, you got a problem. There's something going on in your life that's not okay. Yeah. And my job is to help you and your core group get to a place of okay. And, and, and that looks different in every situation. Because it can mean, as I did hospice work for 10 years, mm-hmm. it can mean that I help you die well. I mean, I'll help you die. But right. yeah, I, yeah. I create conditions yeah. where we, I can't stop the dying. None of us, the doctors, the nurses have decided, in and science, and your body, and biology have said, okay, we can't stop this. And the goal is you to be comfortable, and the family to be at peace, and to step out after being in that, a hmm, weird thought, the death room, yeah, uh, yeah, and live and be able to live again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, currently, I'm working at uh, a nursing home in West Birmingham, and of course, I always said I'd never work at a nursing home. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've, I've done all kinds of social work, primarily medical. Hospital, home health, hospice, yeah, health department, um, and now on the inside of a nursing facility, and in a rough area of town, yeah, with a rough with a rough section of folks who've been through. And and my uh, administrator told me that when we interviewed, he said, "Now look, we don't have the folks here who just are Miaman people and can't live at home by themselves anymore, and there's just sweets." We have a few of those, but a lot of ours have just lived life hard, and yeah. they may still be young. They just can't keep living on their own.
0: Yeah.
1: So, right as I was starting, um, we got hit with COVID. I mean, like the week before I started. Sure. Yeah. We've been we've been coming through it. Excuse me. Doing fine and managing at other facilities have gone through tough times. Our sister facilities had as well. One of our sister facilities lost three administrators
0: wow. to it. Wow.
1: Um, so he uh, Nick told me that um, as I was starting, and I'm still, my friend Cynthia said, doesn't that scare you to go in? I said, I know what I'm walking into. It's very different on the outside walking around, and you don't know where it is. Mm-hmm. But I know where it is in there. Maybe I should have been a little bit less cavalier because I literally got COVID my first day at work. Yeah,
0: that's right. That's right. Well, I remember this now. Yeah.
1: Let's see. Yes, and, and did, did the things, but I was in uh, pro- close proximity with folks that later tested positive for it. They didn't know they were positive at the time. And wearing masks. And, and one of the things that I think was even put me at risk, not risk, my exposure, one of my exposures, is greeting one resident that day and this is what makes it so hard. This is what is so difficult about COVID. Um, she immediately, when I met her, reached her hand out to me. And what do I do? Yeah. I mean, she's lying in a hospital, but not well, in a hospital bed, in a nursing home. That's that's her life. I mean, yeah. she's it's her room, and that's her home. Yeah. And it, I, thought, I did I didn't do it without thinking. I thought about it and I reached my hand out and I took her hand, yeah. and I didn't immediately run and wash it, and mm-hmm. she tested positive later.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So there's a, a million things, but that's, that's especially here, we're seeing it. Um, we have several hosp- hospice patients uh, who are residents. We've got a number of them, and the difficult thing for us is we tell the family, yes, we can have compassionate visits, But you got a gown up, you got a glove up, you got a mask up, and you can't touch them. Yeah. And uh, I just think on the other side of this, uh, the therapist in me is going to have a lot of work to do. Yeah. So, yeah, go ahead.
0: No, I was just where you are right now with all the things you've done in social work, both independently and linked with an institution. Regarding hospice, regarding you know mentioning the uh, your therapy background and all those things, all of those things come into play where you are right now and in light of COVID, because COVID does has done such a does such a job with any virus does such a job of separation of people. Yes, you have such experience. Coming into play into these things, yes,
1: yes, I think so. Um, you saying that it's calculated risks, and uh, yeah, you you saying that reminded me of a, a word somebody gave me probably three or four years ago that didn't know who I was or what I did, um, and said, "I just, I just see you." What's that lady's name? What's that lady's name? Clara Barton. What was her name? <laughs> she was like a field nurse, going from person to person in a battlefield. Yeah. And I said, "Oh, that is so who I am. I'm not a nurse, yeah. but emotionally and spiritually, that is so who I am."
0: Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Goodness gracious, you know, and and it, it is it is just seeing what where you've been in the last. You know, since I first known you first uh grew to know you. You know, and you went from place to place, if circumstance and circumstance, but they all had that thread of personal care. Um and and some of that was more uh in a relationship to a medical facility and some of it was more related to a therapeutic facility. I mean any but all of it went from place to place to place and you were just kind of like it's interesting to see Karen go from place to place because it looks like it's opportunity for her to thrive. And the way she talks about it, on many levels, she does. But yet, there's a there's a jumping off place, and it's kind of like I've done my thing here. I'm going to the next place, and that's interesting yes. to me because it's because it's because it's itinerancy. Yes,
1: uh, yes, yes. And when you said the word sojourned. Earlier, yeah, that's a word that has started to resonate with me. Just go do what I'm supposed to do. Uh, there's a lady that calls me from a church I attended in Montgomery years ago, and uh, before I moved to Texarkana, and she calls <laughs> me every couple of weeks, and uh, she calls things. She said, oh, "Well, this is your assignment right now. This is your assignment." Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yes, yeah.
1: I'll say this because I, someone said it recently. Uh, not recently. I popped off to someone once when I was getting ready to move. And uh, I said, man, it's a good thing I grew up the way I did. makes this easy. And it it, it is. (laughs) It is. Emotional. And and they pulled up. Now, listen, we're not going to get stuck in our past. I'm not stuck. I'm telling you. (laughs) It's a tool I learned. It's a tool I picked up along the way. Yeah. If your environment changes, if your home changes, if your family changes, then you you learn how to adapt. Okay. Yes, that's
0: exactly so, right.
1: And and what well, was meant for evil was used for good.
0: Yes. Where are you in your spiritual journey, and maybe what particular uh, experience do you want to share with us?
1: Well, I'll I'll go with the experience first. Um when I got my undergrad, I got it at Montevallo, University of Montevallo, and it's interesting that I picked that school because the only reference I had for that was one of the false drums I was in. Their son went there and literally riding down the road one day I saw the sign and I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember that's I think that's where I wanted to go to college. <laughs> and and it was just so random. But it was the best four years of my life. Yeah. So uh Affirming, and I connected with a fabulous group of people. But when I first got out, I was 21. Uh, I knew where I wasn't going. I wasn't going back home. Um, So I stayed up in this area, actually, the River Chase area. I'm literally probably a mile from the first apartment I lived in when I got out of undergrad. (laughs) So, uh, and with some of the same folks that I was in a, a relationship with at that time. But... Saying that I had a job, worked at a group home for adolescents who were having trouble, and on Sunday mornings they went to Camp Branch United Methodist Church. Mm -hmm. And in Alabaster, and that's just the setting. Those people embraced me. They had had an experience in that church when uh, Larry Adcock was pastoring and another fella before him, I can't call his name, but anyway, they, um, there's a lot of spirit filled folks in there. The, the, they had revival in that church. So sure. by the time I got there, uh, there was the immediate connection like I had with you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, so I kind of stayed in contact with them and then moved to that community in camp branch. And I say all the time, those folks finished raising me. <laughs> um, so, um, because I, I, I didn't know how to cook. I had just learned how to drive. I, there were so many things I didn't know. Uh, just because of, of my parents struggling, um, even though I was living with them again from the time I was 12. But one night, I was actually still up in this area in River Chase. I had gotten bold. This is how I got connected with Uncle Loris and Aunt Margie again. And gotten my records from University Hospital, UAB now, where I was born. And I read some really tough things in there uh, at another uh, time when I was five. And I had made Camp Branch a place of prayer. I would go there every morning. Uh, too many stories right there. I'm, I'm going to cut that. Because I, <laughs> but I would go there and pray uh, a lot, even though it's 20 miles down the road. Sure. But I went there. When I got those records, because one of the things I read in that record was an interview my mother had um, with a physician and the physician wrote mother didn't want at birth. And, you know, it just kind of hit that obviously hit me. And I went to that place. I went to Camp Branch. It was nighttime. And I sat on that altar where on the on the cushy part where your knees go. I sat (laughs) on it and leaned up against the rail. And I just told the Lord my heart. I said, you know, I don't I don't have anybody that's mine. I have people that love me. I have people that are concerned for me, that are helping me. Oh, my goodness, that church helped me so much. Um, and they're raising me, but I don't have anybody that's mine. And I'm telling you, mm-hmm. I, I, I immediately opened my Bible. It was almost, I can't tell you. He opened it. I can't tell you anything other than I read a scripture. And that moment, as I'm crying, pouring out my heart, feeling alone, telling him I loved him, I was going to serve him, but I'm alone. And I went to Ezekiel 16, Hmm. and i would never read it before. And Ezekiel 16 says, on the day that you were born, you were despised. Your mother was an Amorite. Your father was a Hittite. And you were despised. Yes, I was. I was left at the hospital. Wow. I, but, and nobody looked on, no eye looked on you to pity you. Nobody rubbed you down with salt. Nobody sw- put swaddling clothes on you. For on the day that you were born, you were despised. You were thrown out into the open field. But, I passed by. And when I looked at you, you were kicking in your own blood. And I looked at you and I said, live. And I feel like this is what happened wow. with that Marjorie and Uncle Horace. He's telling me to live. He's, and then later on it goes and it says, and you grew. Your hair grew and you, you were growing up. And I passed by again. And I looked at you and I saw that it was time for love. And I remember what I would said to him. And, I, and the word of God says, and then I spread the corner of my skirt over you. And on that day, you became mine.
0: Hmm. Wow.
1: And, uh, of course, I, because music is such a part of me, psalms are such a part of me, immediately in my heart, I began, I began seeing Blessed Assurance, of Jesus is mine. <laughs> yeah. And that is the day that it shifted for me. It, it Like we were talking about earlier, you can go one direction or other. It can make you or break you. And it empowers me it does it does make me fight for people who as a social worker who don't have folks that are fighting yeah, for them. yeah. it it causes me to see injustice it causes me to say no that's not right not as a uh, a way to correct what happened to me because that's all under the blood yeah that's that's My mother and my dad are both in heaven, and we all feel better. Yeah, yeah. And forgiveness is a beautiful thing, and you walk it out. But that's when it shifted for me, because he took me in. What is the scripture uh, in Psalms? When my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will take me up. Yeah. And so there's this relationship in that that causes me, excuse me, to run hard after
0: him Mm -hmm.
1: and to run hard after uh, uh, the highways and byways.
0: Wow. Uh, Anything else you would like to share or to um, uh, make sure that that you want to have this be a part of of uh, of our time together, that you wanted to get off your chest. Anything in particular
1: <laughs> to get off my chest? <laughs> um, there's there's a there's a one of our stories that it just keeps coming up, and I'll let you you know. As you said, you'll be doing editing, and you do whatever with it. But I think that um, I think I think that the key or the uh, wrapping around this that I keep hearing is as individuals and we don't know how much we affect one another's lives i say all the time uncle oris and aunt margie saved my life sure uh they saved my life but we don't know that's what we you and i keep saying that's the thing there's our theme and and how much we impact i remember one time um i was coming to check up on the house and was going to stay the night. I was up in the area, and I said, well, I'll just go by the house and check on it and stay there. And I was going to come. Y'all were having church in in the home you were living in at that time. Yeah. And um, I wanted to surprise you because I love to surprise people. (laughs) And I was was five miles from the house, and the Lord said, call April and tell her you'll be there tomorrow. I said, I want to surprise her. Cause I, I, I'm not going to say I talked back to God, but, um, but I, I, I do engage with him. Sure. Her. Yes. Call April and he wouldn't let it go. And, you know, two minutes later, call April. So, okay. I'm going to call April. Tell her I'm coming. And I think you, I don't think I called cell phones. I think that I called a house phone. Cause you, she came to the phone yeah. and said, Karen. She said, you're not. And I, t- I told her, I said, I'm going to see you tomorrow. I'm, I'm up here. And I just wanted to uh, to know. It was before that. I said to her, I am just I just handed it up to Uncle Laura. And so she said, Karen, not an hour ago, I prayed. And I was just praying. And I was just uh, telling the Lord, you know, it, I just would love to be in worship with Karen. I would just enjoy being in worship with Karen. I said, "Well, I will see you tomorrow, and we will do just that." <laughs> and it's just—it just is still one of those places. I'm like, "How do you do that, God?"
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, being God and all, I know, but it's just so we don't know. I use the term a lot—the fingerprints we leave on one another's yes, lives.
0: Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So. That's tremendous. I remember that. I remember that, and I remember oh, you coming, and I remember, yeah, I just remember, and we, we just there's so many things I can remember. I know. I this. That's that's the thing. We we yeah. This this would be nuts. This would be three hours, and nobody would listen to it. Somebody would look at it. I'm not going to sit three right?
1: hours listening to these people. Glad you have the ending.
0: Honest so. to goodness. So okay. So here we go. That's just excellent. That touches me. Okay, all right. I asked you to think about as we close, or three things: um, okay. your favorite meal, and it's right, like right now. You know, it's kind of—it's always been my favorite meal. It doesn't necessarily always happen to try it right now? Your favorite meal, your favorite artist could be—it could be uh, music, it could be acting, it could be in sculpture, it could be in painting, whatever. Favorite artist and and favorite movie. You cool with that?
1: I'm full of that. I love Italian food, Uh, period, (laughs) period. I can't tell you it's right now because I just, I can't, because I can't eat it right now because all of post-COVID gut issues. Uh, But, oh, I love, I love lasagna. Oh, my.
0: That's wonderful. Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah. It just has all the major food groups. Yes. Cheese and tomatoes and hamburger
0: meat. Yeah. And all the major food groups. It's the major food groups. Yes, yes. yes absolutely. That's wonderful. Ah. I, I, I'm i with you on that one. Okay. Favorite artist. Who's your favorite?
1: Favorite artist is Rita Springer. Oh, yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just just forever. I love. Uh, I am a worshiper. Yeah. And I uh, love but there is something uh, when she worships, it's not just the sound of her voice, but I remember uh, being at a place where she was, I don't even want to say leading worship, because you... I almost felt like I needed to leave the room, because the intimacy that was in that room between her and the Lord.
0: Yeah. Ooh. Wow. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I felt like I should give them privacy.
0: Yeah. Wow. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Very good. Yeah. So that's that. Good. Favorite movie? Uh, the Princess Bride. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: I right, unpack that a little bit. Huh?
1: I could watch it a thousand times. <laughs> if I don't like watching movies. If I've seen them, I've seen them. I don't want to see them again. <laughs> but The Princess Bride, I could watch every day. <laughs> love. True.
0: that's my favorite I want to say this to you Karen Marks I appreciate you doing this Um, what you share uh, in your life is um, to me all evident of how God plucked you up and um, as he passed by he saw you and you are You are fruit of a supernatural God who does supernatural things. I very much appreciate you on many levels. And uh, again, I thank you very much for doing this. Amen.
1: I enjoyed it. Thank you.
0: It was a real blessing to hear that conversation all over again. Uh, God bless you, Karen. And uh, we look forward to talking with you again soon. All right. Very good. And uh, again, I wish you all a very happy and merry and peaceful and healthy, happy new year. And uh, be sure to uh, leave us a note where you can. If you find us on Facebook, give us a like, leave us a comment, subscribe where you want and however you want, however you find us and whatever platform, that would be great. We certainly would appreciate it. And um, we'll look forward to speaking with you soon. All right. Take care. And we we'll see you along on the journey. So long.